Amen. The title to this morning's message is, He Will Deliver. Even the sunshine this morning, as this worship team started blessing us with their music, the sun comes through, my wife pokes me, she's always poking me, but uh, I don't know if you guys notice that sun come through to bless your, your music, so thank you. Last week I pointed out that we're witnessing a level of hate in this country that is scary. It not only threatens to pull us apart, but it, it's a threat to harden our hearts because the more we see it, the more we take it as natural, as, as it's, it's a commonplace thing now, our hearts will harden. Last week I asked the questions, why are we choosing sides based on color of our skin? Why are we choosing sides based on a political party? And I suggested that our choices should always be and only be between right and wrong. We also agreed that the answer to our current problems was to always go to the source. And the only source is, and the only source has ever been, and the only, only source will ever be God's 
written word. This morning we read Rick's favorite, favorite Bible verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. For surely, God says this, for surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for your harm. Plans for your welfare and not for your harm. To give you a future with hope. So we also agreed last week that we're never alone. That God is always with us, even in the midst of each and every storm that we face. Today I'd like to remind you of his promise to strengthen us. Probably one of everybody's favorites, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Strength to face a threatening report from a doctor. Strength to face the death of a loved one. The strength to fight and defeat an addiction. Whatever it may be, I believe the Lord placed today's message on my heart to remind us of who our protector is. Who we are to place our faith in. And what his promises are to those who know, believe, and love him. We begin with Genesis 1.1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. We'll pause for just a second. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Not some big bang, not some unexplainable alignment of the cosmos. He created planets and mankind. God created the heavens and the earth. God, our Father. God, our Creator. In the beginning, the very beginning, before anything else, God created heaven and earth. Not Harry Potter or some wizard that's waving a wand or caused some magical sequence to happen. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It continues, the earth was formless void. And darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Now void means empty, vacant, not occupied with any visible matter, as a void space or place without inhabitant. So in the beginning, the earth was without life. There was no life in the beginning, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And of course, darkness means absence of light. If you can imagine complete darkness. Now the King Version, King James Version calls that wind the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit swept over, or the Holy Spirit moved across the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Our Creator spoke light into existence. His words created light out of darkness. Now, many of you heard me say probably hundreds and thousands of times, words matter. Words are powerful. We begin with that proof right here. God spoke life, and life was created. He brought light into a dark world. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. God separated the light from darkness. Now, as I prayed over this message, the Holy Spirit showed me the similarity between his creation of the heaven and earth and his creation of humankind. Genesis 1.1 said, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And in Genesis 1.26 it says, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image. According to our likeness, 
Like the earth, you see, man was formless and void until the Holy Spirit moved over the earth. Until the Holy Spirit moved over our lives, we were formless. We were void. We were without life. And I think we can all agree when God moves and the Holy Spirit is active, change happens. Amen? Amen. Man was given form. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And I've used this. I preached this to Mr. H when, when uh, the night that he prayed the prayer of salvation. This is where I started. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. We were nothing before that. In chapter 1 we said God divided or separated that light from the darkness. Do you see the connection this morning? God created heaven and earth and then he separated light from darkness. Isn't that what he did with us? Those who respond to his call are separated from the darkness. Before we accepted Jesus Christ, we all lived in darkness. We were absent of light. But once we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we received that light of Jesus, and God separated us from the darkness. The darkness of the world, the darkness of unbelief, the darkness of the enemy, and the darkness of fear. We are separated. We are sanctified. We are set apart from the world as vessels of God. As believers, we say it all the time, we are no longer citizens of this earth. As believers, we are citizens of heaven. And as citizens of heaven, we are legally entitled to the same promises and protection that Jesus Christ himself received. Now, sometimes that's hard for a Christian to understand or to believe. In Ephesians 1, 19 through 20, Paul tells us that the same power, the very same power that God used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead is at work in us. But we fail to see it. We fail to accept it. We fail to believe it. We need to hold on to God's promises. If you turn on the TV, the radio, or go to a coffee house, or go to get gas, we are bombarded with words of fear and anxiety. Things that are over the coronavirus. Yes, still. Fear over shots. Fear over the boosters. Fear over our government. Fear over what our children are being exposed to in school. And most recently, fear over the smoke coming down from Canada. Now let me be very clear at this point, none of this is from our Father. Satan is the one that creates sickness. Satan is the one that creates fear. Satan is the one that spreads fear. Satan is the one that creates anxiety. And sadly, he does it quite well. Now I agree, all those things do need to be taken serious, and we do need to take precautions. But first, we need to remember the promises of God. The promises he made to his people in writing, by the way, through, his, through the Spirit, it is a binding contract with believers. A binding contract. The very same God who created the heaven and the earth created each and every one of us. When God created the earth, the vegetation, the animals, and the light, the Bible says he saw that it was good. It was good. But it wasn't until after he created humankind that he saw and said it was very good. 
It was very good because God loves each and every one of us. I said this before, if, if God had a refrigerator big enough, I think he would have all our pictures on there. Yes, even the unbelievers. I think because God loves everybody, amen? amen? I think that refrigerator would have all the people he's ever created and breathed light into. I think he would have a refrigerator with, with pictures on there. And maybe even a space for pictures colored for him. Like my sweet Everly did for me. Can you imagine how big God's Facebook account would be? There'd be a lot of dislikes in there, though, wouldn't there? I know many of you, many, many of us are going through some stuff right now. We have deaths in our family, marriage struggles, concerns for our children. We have health issues. We have money issues. We have loneliness issues. The list could go on forever and ever. Maybe someone's struggling with their faith. Maybe... You're in a season of physical, mental, or spiritual pain, and and you're just crying out. You want to know where in the world is God in the midst of all of this. Maybe you've convinced yourself that you've been abandoned. Maybe you've convinced yourself that you aren't good enough. Maybe you've convinced yourself that you just don't deserve to be forgiven for something. That is a lie. Those are all lies. That's the enemy. King David felt the same way and he made his plea to God in Psalm 51. He said, he begged, he cried out from the depth of the soul, create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a right, new and right spirit within me. Then here's the hard part. Do not cast, away from your, cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And sustain me in a willing spirit. You can hear the cry. You can hear how much he loved God and he had sinned. Why? Because he's flesh. Because he's human. Because he listened to the enemy. He followed his own heart. He followed his own lust. And he made a mistake, don't we all? But this was his response to that. His response was to fall to his knees and pray to God. To not turn away from him and to certainly not take the Holy Spirit from him. See, God promises to never leave us or forsake us. We may think he has. His word says he will not. He's beside us in each and every trial. He's beside us every time we stumble, every time we fail. And he's certainly with us in every victory we celebrate. We're under God's protection. It's kind of like latching on to that kid in school who, who beat up bullies and protected those that needed protection. I'm sure there were people like that in most schools. So let's turn to Psalm 91 again. And let's receive comfort from the assurance of God's protection. We start off verses 1 through 3. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence. Now I like to break down verse 3. Deliver means to snatch away, to defend, to deliver, to part, to preserve. And then we go to noisome, that word always bother, but it means calamity, harmful, hurtful, injurious, dangerous, or deadly. 
And then a pestilence means a deadly epidemic disease. We've never seen that before. Something harmful, calamity, sickness, disease, infection, virus, plague, or outbreak. So if we broke that down and we wanted to stand on the promise of God just on verse 3, we change it to his promise that he will snatch us away from the snare of the hunter and away from any harmful, injurious, or deadly epidemic, sickness, or disease. There's his promise. Verse 4 says, He will cover you with his pinions, his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and defense. His faithfulness is a shield and defense. Now a shield and buckler protects the body and the vital parts, but here's the cool part here. Notice it reads his faithfulness. His faithfulness is a shield and defense. It doesn't say that our faithfulness is a shield and defense, does it? It's his faithfulness. Our Father will always be faithful. But as humans, as flesh, we won't be. We can't be. We can't remain faithful. None of the, none of the great heroes in the Bible ever stayed faithful. We're flesh. We make mistakes. So whatever you're going through right now, whatever's happening in your life, whatever's pulling you back, you need to trust his faithfulness and not rely or feel guilty about the lack of your own. Amen? Amen. We pull on his strengths, his faithfulness. That's where we get the higher ground. Verses 5 through 6, you will not fear the terror of the night. Or the arrow that flies by day, or the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or the destruction that wastes at noonday. Now, you will not fear is the same as saying don't fear. We hear that all through the Bible. Angel shows up and everybody goes, oh, do not be afraid. It's always the first response. This is telling us the same thing. Don't fear, or maybe you should not fear. So we could read that. Don't fear the terror of the night. Don't fear the arrow that flies by day. Don't fear the pestilence that stalks in darkness. Don't fear the destruction that wastes at noonday. Or it could go to, you should not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the destruction. Shame on us, myself included. Funny, there's, we talk about coincidences, right? There are no, no. no coincidences. So today I was excited to see it. The basket was downstairs with the cards, and I picked it up. There's only two cards in there. I was like, you know what, Chris? So if there's only two cards in here, that means they're all at your house. Right? Or in your car, or wherever they might be. Well, there was one card that was sticking up. So I said, I'm going to read it and see what it says. You heard what my message is. Don't worry about anything, this card says. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and thank you for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Can that be a coincidence? No. There's no way. Could today the song standing on the promises of God be a coincidence? You didn't know what my message was. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is moving. And he knows we're hurting. He knows we're going through stuff. He's just asking us, we don't have to be strong in our strength. We be strong in his strength. Amen? Amen. We look for his faithfulness. We take his word and we read it. God's word says we should not fear, but why do we, we believe the lies of the enemy instead of believing God's word? No more. No more, brothers and sisters. I... 
I'd ask you to agree with me this morning that we're going to trust in the word of the Lord instead of the lies of the enemy. Lies told by people he uses, whether they're family, whether they're neighbors, bosses, doctors, or government officials. We're done. Amen. We're done. So we're going to pause right now. We're going to rebuke all those lies together. In the name of Jesus Christ, we rebuke any and all lies told or propagated by Satan, and we declare ourselves free from his influence. Hallelujah. Now, if you agree with that, Rebuke and stand alongside me. Let me hear an amen. amen. Let the Lord hear your faith and the enemy feel the power of the Holy Spirit working through you right now in your words. Can we do it one more time? Show the enemy. Amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 7 through 15 continues. The promise, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Now, why is that? It's because we won't be punished. We won't be punished as believers. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, so you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the adder's a snake, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. You go to Revelation and read about what happens with the, the new Jerusalem, the new earth, when, when all this has passed away. It talks about babies putting their hands and, and they don't get bit, they don't get killed. They talk about lions eating straw. Our perfect world, our perfect garden. Those who love me, he says, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. Anybody here know God's name? Nobody? Amen. Oh, there we go. I got three hands up. Good. All right. When they call to me, I'll answer them. See, so I told you this before, I think a couple weeks ago, somebody had told me they don't believe in God. So I gently asked him, would you mind explaining why? Would you mind just telling me why you don't believe in God? And this is a great man that told me this. And he looked down and he shook his head. He said, because I ask him for answers and I don't get them. I said, answers like a, your wife having dementia? Yep. Answers like losing a baby? Yep. I said, I get it. I get it. There's so many questions I have that aren't answered, but I go back to Jesus Christ when he's walking with Peter and he told Peter what Peter's end was going to be, that he was going to suffer the way that he did on the cross, that he would in fact walk in Christ's footsteps. And Peter turned around and saw John and he said, what about him? And remember what I preached on? Christ said, follow thou me. When they asked him, is this a time that you're going to take over the kingdom? Is this a time that you're going to, to rule over the world, Israel? But is this a time that you're going to take rule, physical rule? And Jesus said, this is not the time for you to know. And we have to accept that when we don't know the answers. We have to accept that when, when we pray to God and say, why? Why did you take my wife? Why did you take my child? Why did you take my grandchild? Whatever it may be, we have to understand that even if we don't get an answer because he doesn't want us to know yet. He wants us to trust him. I had a couple this weekend that I met that uh, used to go to a Catholic church. And boy, you know me, when I hear Catholic, I like to preach the word. So I, I shared some things with me, and the man turned around, and he goes, I don't believe in God anymore. Again, I asked this guy, why? 
And the wife started crying. She said, the Lord took our 14-year-old granddaughter. She said, she was my whole life. Every day we talked, every day we texted, we did things together. I said, God didn't take your daughter, granddaughter. And I said, I can't stand here and make stuff up and tell you why he might have, right? Oh, they went to heaven because she's got a beautiful voice and God needed another angel in the choir. That's all horse hockey. We don't know. I said, I could stand here and, and make up 50 different reasons why, but they all be a lie. We don't know. And we have to accept that sometimes. We don't know. What we have to do is trust him. Father, I don't know why you let me go through this. I don't know why this had to happen to our family, to, to you know, whatever, our babies, but I have to trust you because he's in it. He promises right here, when they call to me, I will answer them. Now that answer may come in a song. That answer may come in a friend. That answer may come in a friend who comes up and hugs you and, and they don't even know what's going on in your life. That the Holy Spirit just led him or her to you and said, hug him, hug her. We don't need to know the whys, right? We should mind our own beeswax. But we should follow the Holy Spirit's guidance. He says, when they call to me, I will answer them. But if we're not looking for some type of answer, we'll never find it. He promises, I will protect those who know my name. He says, I'll be with them in trouble. Right? In the old days, we'd go to a bar and you'd, you want your best friend to be the biggest dude. Be with me in trouble. Well, we got the biggest dude right here. God promises himself that he will be with us, that he will rescue us, he will honor us. And in the end, he promises with long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. This psalm on the title says that it's the assurance of God's protection. And remember this, you can't believe just certain parts of the Bible. That's what we have. That's why we have so much trouble in our denomination. You can't say, I believe this part, but I don't believe this part. You either believe the whole Bible or you're sitting in the wrong church. Amen? Amen. That's God's promise to us, all of this. His word, and we need to remember, we serve a God who cannot lie. Now, I would suggest that we all read Psalm 51 and 91 every day. And then if you're really going through something, read it many times through the day. Fill yourself up. Build your defense through his faithfulness. I can't tell you how many times I've read both of them. And some of you on one-on-one -on -one conversations, notice that I quote those. Those are powerful sounds. It needs to be a source of strength for us when we need it the most. Then I would suggest, as you're going through this, ask someone to pray for you. To keep you lifted up. They don't have to know the reason. You don't have to spill your guts. You don't have to tell them why. Just ask to be prayed for. Ask to be lifted up. I promise you this. The Holy Spirit knows what you're going through. So if that person is lifting you up and standing and uh, doing intercessory prayer for you, Holy Spirit's got it. Holy Spirit's going to make it happen. I have several people, trust me, and even a couple pastors I trust that I call on to lift me up when I, when I feel overwhelmed, when the enemy attacks me. I call them up, and it works. My, depends on my stubbornness. Sometimes it works faster than other times, but trust me, brothers and sisters, you will feel the power of prayer. If you ask for people to pray for you, somewhere throughout that, God is going to warm your heart. Those ministering spirits are going to put their arms around you something. 
I, I had stories of just this weekend, somebody talked, they were praying, praying, show me, show me, and a butterfly come flying out. And a butterfly was a big thing in her family. I mean, I've heard so many beautiful testimonies that if we weren't looking for it, they wouldn't recognize it as possibly God sending them a message. How many times you turn on the radio, either you're happy, because we're allowed to be happy, so you're happy and a song comes on and it bounces, you know what I mean? It's like, woohoo! that's just what I needed to hear to keep me going, like Colton this morning, coming in all fired up with his rap glasses on and everything. But what about when we're sad? What about when we're scared? What about when we're anxious? What, what about when we're on our way to the doctor's office or we're on our way to meet with the funeral director or the pastor over at Death in the Family and our life's a mess and we're crying you turn on the radio anyway and go, I needed that song. That song touched my heart. That any, okay, I expect you to raise your hands so Pentecostals can raise both. Has that ever happened to you where all of a sudden, what a coincidence, a song showed up? And stirred your heart. And I want you all to know that I continue to pray for all of you every day. We're called to stand on the promises of God. Let's make a pact this morning. Let's make an oath this morning, a covenant with each other that we are going to stand on these promises of God together as a family. We're going to stand on these Promises of God as a body of Christ, as a Salisbury community church. That we will stand arm in arm, that we will pray for each other. We won't judge each other, condemn each other, or get into each other's business. But we will stand side by side and strengthen each other and encourage each other and love on each other. We're going to do what the world refuses to do. The enemy has no power over the written word of God. We need to use it as our defense. That's what his scripture on three by five cards is for. We need to quote scripture when we're faced with those challenges, just like Jesus did in the desert. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. The enemy has no rights. He has no rights to our minds. He has no rights to our bodies. He has no rights to our spirit, physical, mental, or spiritual. So when the enemy starts trying to hurl attacks your way, it's a simple thing. I rebuke you. I tell people all the time about rebuke, and maybe you don't understand how simple it is. You can do it just like that. I rebuke you, because remember, you have the same power, right? The same power that God used to raise Jesus Christ from the dead isn't working all of us. So when you say, I rebuke you, Satan, guess what? That power through the Holy Spirit. You might need to do it a hundred times, but you do it immediately in the name of Jesus Christ. We've been set free, Amen. We've been set free. We've been redeemed by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He tells us the battle is his. The battle belongs to the Lord. So read your Psalms, say your prayers, get some popcorn, and watch the Lord do the battle for you. Just sit on the sideline. Ooh, you got him good, Lord. Ooh, there he is. He got... That's what we need to do. Instead of trying to be in every battle, we can't be. We won't last. We're not strong enough in the flesh. Let the Lord do your battle. Now, I'm going to be truthful here. I'm always truthful. Let's put that on the record. Those of you listening at home, what does that mean he lies? I don't lie. I'm going to be truthful. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will be subject to the wiles of the devil. If you're not saved, Satan has a right to attack you. Satan has a right to do what he wants in your life to chase you, to fill you with fear, anxiety, to tempt you. 
That's in writing. Satan was down, sent down here to rule the world, but we're not in the world, are we? But here's the good news. Jesus Christ is ready to save you today. Jesus Christ is ready to save you today. He's ready to rescue each and every one of us. But we have to come to him as individuals. We have to admit our sin to him as individuals, and then we need to turn from it. We make that mistake, get back down on your knees, say a prayer from the heart, and try again. How many drug addicts do we know that slipped and fell, slipped and fell, slipped and fell? It would be easy to go, you know what? Apparently I was intended to just slip and stay down here, so I'll stay down here. How many did we see that beat that, that never gave up? It said, I fail, but I'm going to do it again. I fail, but I'm going to try it again. We have people in our own church right here that have beautiful testimonies. And I remember one of them, on the first time he fell, he could hardly look at me. Oh, I failed. I fell, Pastor. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't. You didn't fail because now you have another testimony to tell people. Yep, I was on drugs. Yep, I was addicted. I came to the Lord. He healed me. A year later, I fell again. I went back on the drugs. And guess what? I immediately went back to the Lord. and He healed me again. I would rather hear that than hear somebody say, yeah, it was a one-time prayer and I'm good to go for life. Well, that's not easy for me. I don't want to hear about the one and done. I want to hear about the true struggles. I want to hear about the things that I can relate to in my life. Amen? Amen. And if you have somebody telling you a story about the things that they've overcome or are overcoming, maybe they're in the process of it, pray for them. Just pray for them to keep working in their lives. Because you can be their straight, their strength. Because it's his faithfulness, not ours. So I would ask you, if you haven't come to Jesus, come to him today. All of us need to put our faith in Christ. All of us need to give him our burdens and fears. We need to give them to him so we find rest for our souls. I'll end with the words of our Lord in Matthew 11. 29 through 30. A crazy visual here. Bear with me. I'd like you to picture, as I read these words, I'd like you to picture Jesus almost crying when he says this. I want you to picture his heart breaking for people that are breaking themselves when he says this. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle. I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Can you just feel his heart? We read about him weeping over Jerusalem. We we read about him uh, crying when Lazarus died. Not because he died, because obviously he knew what was going to happen, but over the sorrow of the people. Christ, who died on a cross, cries for us, who certainly aren't worthy without him. Amen? Come to Jesus today and receive his promises and his protection. If there's something you need to, to bring to him this morning, the altar is open. I had explained that to, it was cute explaining that to the Catholic couple this weekend. They didn't, when I talked about we open the altar a lot, make altar calls. But here's what it is. The altar is open, meaning come in 
and, and just give it to God. Don't worry about people watching you and going up. Ain't nobody in this church pointing at you. I promise you that. These people are beautiful. Amen. So the altar's open. I'm going to play some music here for you. Hey, Hopefully. Hey, can I say something real quick? Nope. There are no coincidences, and I sent Pastor Madison a prayer this morning, and he sent a reply back, and it's exactly what Pastor was talking about. So Pastor Madison responded to me, and he said, Rick, I want you to know that I actually believe that your prayers are powerful. Amen. And I welcome them, and thank you for sending them my way. Amen. He didn't ask me to send it, but I did, and, and it's exactly what he was talking about. Amen. 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 Our prayer, brother, we've got too many places. How to kill all mosquitoes in the area in five seconds. This simple but Wait, you might want to watch this one. <laughs> Killing mosquitoes? <laughs> Let's stand up and just yeah, be with the Lord. Come to the altar. Say 
broken. Turn that on. We hear people say that we're broken. We're broken. And we are in the flesh. But when I think of that, I think of Jesus Christ. I think of God the Creator. Right? We, we say that He's a potter and we're the clay. Well, if I were a potter and I made an ashtray like I did in sixth grade, right? <laughs> Could you imagine him doing that in school now? But <laughs> that was the thing, right? We all made ashtrays. Yeah. Wood shot, we made napkin holders. We still use them today. But so, but if I if I made an ashtray or something and I was a potter and I molded that clay and I put all that time into that, right? We did it and everything. And then somewhere down the road it cracked or it got broken, wouldn't I fix it? Wouldn't I either put it back on the wheel or whatever I had to do? And I would remold it. I'd fill in, I would fill in all those cracks. I would fill in maybe the, the rough edges and, and maybe whatever you do with clay, put it on a, a wheel and redo it. Amen? Isn't that what Christ does to us? So when we get down and we make a mistake, remember, all we do is go back on that wheel. We go back on that potter's wheel and we pray to Christ and we ask Him, ask him to remold us, reshape us. Amen? All right. Here we go, we've got two or five over here, we got five, got a couple over here, we got some in the back. So the good news that was empty this morning, the bad news is y'all didn't bring it back. But that's okay, you know what? No coincidence, there's a reason for that. So let's do this, I think, today. I think we're gonna do let's just do let's just do two of these just in case. If you get to the end, um, and there's some action, please take them, all right? So raise your hands, if you will. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your written word. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Your faithfulness. We thank you for your perfection. We ask you to bless your words on these cards. Holy Spirit, we would pray that you would put them into the hands of the people that need them the most. And that their lives would be changed. That they, anxieties would go away. Fears would go away. Strength would be built on that, on that Bible verse, Father God. So we give you all the glory and all the praise. Amen. Amen. This week we need to watch and pray. We need to seek the strength that Christ offers us. We need to remember that God's love never fails. We need to look for signs of God's presence in our lives. We need to rely on God's word and the Holy Spirit to guide us in all we do. And now may the Lord bless you and preserve you from all evil and keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless each and every one of you. Please stay safe, stay in his word, and stay connected to the Lord. I get to do the uh, marching out song, whatever. I get to do this today because sending out. Sending out songs. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> so get the song part right. The kids in the back and the kids in the front that sing uh, children's hearts, I hope that you'll appreciate this. You can depend on it, stand on it, believe in it, rely on it, trust in it.